final time to Idiots Talk History. I'm your host Matt and with me as always is Lorna. Hello. How are you? I'm okay thank you. How are you? I'm okay. We're uh, as mentioned doing our final episode mm-hmm. of Idiots Talk History number 80. We've come so far. We have. And you're going to do the final ever report. If you've never listened to the pod before, why are you starting on episode 80? And also... Might be might be interested in the topic. It might be. And you can go back and listen to every single episode. Yes. Um, so if you've never listened before on this podcast, we uh, do a report on a topic, moment, event, person from history. Um, and yeah, hopefully it's something that you might not have heard about. Or if it is something you've heard about, we'll shine a little bit more new light on it for you yes that's hopefully what you're going to do today yeah should we get into it before tears are shed yeah before there's emotions all over the show because we're also quite stressed because we're about to head off on our travels for the next year mm-hmm. um on in less than two days yep and a little plug for our new podcast on the move which will be coming, well, it'll be out actually at, at this point, won't it? And you'll be able to listen yeah. to probably one, probably the first episode. Yeah. First two episodes. So um, have a little look for that called On the Move. Search for it on your podcast apps now. But before that, Lorna Barry, take it away. So. Oh, that was a weird noise. You went. Like a whale. So. Um. We're going to go back to 1936. Mm. So, the state of the world in 1936. Post-World War I. Pre-World yes. War II. Yes. I've just found a little article on the state of the world. So, the depression lingered on with unemployment continuing to fall to 16.9%. Hitler's Germany continued to show the world it was not scared of anyone. But the 1936 Olympics caused Hitler humiliation... Oh. When his Orion Superman were dominated by the great Jesse Owens. Yeah. Germany's Hitler, Italy's Mussolini and Japan formed an alliance which would show its real reason for creation in World War II. Many of America's unemployed travelled to California hoping to get work, but the local police chief posted guards at main entrance points blocking the undesirables. This was illegal and later stopped. The Boulder Dam was completed later... Um, renamed the Hoover Dam. Yeah. And named after the famous Hoover. Yeah. Um, vacuum, vacuum cleaner. cleaner. <laughs> ah, I was joking. In the UK, King Edward the. We'll go on. Eighth. Eighth. I don't know. Vii. That's seven. No, Vii. <laughs> yeah. Vii. Eight. Um, in the UK, King Edward VIII abdicated to marry Wallace Simpson. I'm glad you mentioned that. Which would have been a good pod topic. I've had that on my list forever, since the very start. The only king to abdicate in, uh, <clears throat> in British history. Yeah, because he Edward wanted to marry VIII. someone who was divorced. Yeah. Or was she... Well, she was divorced, wasn't she? I believe so. I believe she might have been... Lovely. Uh, well, she wasn't of noble birth or whatever mm. as well, so yeah. So... He abdicated, and the BBC began the first public television broadcast in London. In Spain, the Spanish Civil War began, and Francisco Franco was named the head of state. Yeah. So that's 1936. That's the context we're in. He was head of state till 1975, I think. Long, long time, yeah. That's yeah. true. 
my favourite topic at uni, that one. Was it? Yeah, Spain. Franco. Spain is Franco. Franco well, Spain. It weren't Franco, it was 20th century Spain. Okay. So, that's 1936. But yeah. over in Mexico, and the focus for today... Diego Rivera had just arranged for the Mexican president with the Mexican president Lazaro Cardenas to grant asylum to whom his wife nope mm. famous person so Diego Rivera said to the Mexican president can you grant this person asylum in Mexico right any more hints Russian Russian um, Communism. Ma- uh, Karl Marx? No, Engels? Leon Trotsky. Trotsky. And his wife, Natalia. Trotsky. Trotsky. Ah, I didn't know that. Cool. So, who is Diego Rivera? He's a memorable figure in, ni- uh, in 20th century art. He actively painted during the 50 years from 1907 to 1957. He was Mexican by birth and he spent a good portion of his adult life in Europe and the United States as well as Mexico City, which was his home. Uh, early in his career, he dabbled in Cubism and later embraced post-Impressionism, but his unique style and perspective is immediately recognisable, so he's well known for murals. Mm, yeah. Um, he was involved in the world of politics as a dedicated Marxist and joined the Mexican Communist Party in 1922. Loves that. So, who is Leon Trotsky? Leon Trotsky was a Russian revolutionary. He's a Marxist theorist and Soviet politician whose particular strain of Marxist thought is known as Trotskyism. Trotskyism. He became involved in underground activities as a teenager and then joined the Social Democratic Party. He then fled to Siberia and spent 15 years in London. So, sorry, that was in Russia. He was underground in Russia. As a teenager. After the outbreak of revolution in Petrograd in February 1917, he made his way back to Russia. Despite previous disagreements with Lenin, Trotsky joined the Bolsheviks and he played a decisive role in the communist takeover of Russia. Right. His first post in the new government was as foreign commissar and he found himself negotiating peace terms with Germany. He was then made war commissar and in this capacity he built up the Red Army which prevailed against the white Russian forces in the Civil War. So Trotsky played a crucial role in keeping the Bolshevik regime alive. Yeah, that would have been another good pod topic. <laughs> would have, but I'm brushing yeah. over them Didn't all today. did you do Russian Revolution as well? I imagine that. No, I did at uni. You did at uni, yeah. Oh, is that what you meant That's by that? I, mean. I haven't yeah, done a no. Yeah, I did study the Russian Revolution at uni. Right. So Trotsky saw himself as Lenin's heir... Um, heir apparent, I read. What does that mean? Does that just mean heir? Yeah, like the, he should be the chosen heir. Yeah, but his intellectual arrogance made him uh, not many friends, so he wasn't very liked. And his Jewish heritage may also have worked against him. So, my next question was, why was Trotsky in Russia? Why did he need why asylum? Was he in Russia or why was he in Mexico? Mexico, sorry. Why did he need asylum? What year are we in? 1936? Yeah. Mm, know anything about it not really no so when lenin fell ill and died trotsky was easily outmaneuvered by stalin in 1927 he was thrown out the party right so he wasn't very liked he's a bit of a threat to stalin yeah. he's thrown out he um after he was thrown out it, it followed that he was internally exiled and then externally exiled yeah. and 
he continued to write and criticise Stalin. So he's not really going to be invited back, probably. Trotsky settled in Mexico in 1936, and I've just wrote in brackets that another account stated that they actually arrived on the 9th of January 1937. Okay, so it's over it's period. Winter 1936-37. So he's seeking political asylum, essentially from Stalin. Yeah. And as um, Trotsky and Natalia arrived in Mexico, they were greeted by a lady called Frida Kahlo. Never heard of her. Not Diego. So it's, it's Diego's wife. Were they married at this time? Yeah, so okay. I'll give you a bit of background on Frida. Okay. If you want it. I'd love it. Or do you want to tell me it? No, you tell me. Okay. I don't, I don't know that much about Frida Kahlo. Yeah, we you went do. went to an exhibition to see her. Not to see her, but to see... Um, well, it's an exhibition on Frida Kahlo, and mainly her dress. And the stuff that was found in her bathroom uh, and yeah. her room that had been shut for years. Yeah, and that was in the uh, Victorian Albert Museum in London this mm-hmm. this summer, was it? Last summer? Uh, last autumn. Last autumn. Very popular exhibition. Very, very popular. She's yeah. well liked. She is. So, Frida Kahlo, we also tried to go and see a painting in Paris and it oh, wasn't there. And it wasn't there. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Very sad times. <laughs> Frida Kahlo, whose full name is Frida Kahlo de Rivera was originally named Magdalena Carmen Frida Carlo E. Calderon. Long A lot name. of names. Yeah. She was born on the 6th of July 1907 in Coyacan, Mexico. I've definitely said that wrong. It is what it is. Cancun. No, no, no. Um, so she was born there and she died later in 1954. She was the Mexican painter and she's best known for her self-portraits that deal with themes for her such as identity, the human body, death, her relationships, things like that. Um, And the word that describes it is uncompromising, which I think is a really good word to describe her paintings. painting herself holding Diego as a baby and stuff like that. Yeah, and like holding her heart and stuff. They're quite brutal, Mm. some of her paintings. So definitely uncompromising. Yeah, she's got a head on a day, yeah. Loves it. So, she denied the connection, but she's often identified as a surrealist. Um, So, she was born... She had a German father of Hungarian descent and a Mexican mother of Spanish and Native American descent. Um, Later during her career, she explored her identity and, like, the binary opposites of the German and Mexican heritage. As a child, she suffered a bout of polio that left her with a slight limp. Um, and this left the limp was something that she had to endure throughout her life. I think it hindered her a little bit. She was very close with her father, and he was a photographer, and she assisted him in his studio, and there she got her eye for detail and learning about different ways of expressing yourself. Um, But despite this interest in photography, she was interested in science, and she wanted to study medicine. She wanted to be a doctor. In 1922, she entered the National Preparatory. Preparatory. How do you say that? How yeah. do you say prepare, but add to on the end? Prepare to Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what it um, is. I think you said it right the first time. The National Preparatory, Preparatory School, yeah. which was in Mexico City. And whilst here, she met Diego Rivera. He was working on the school's auditorium mural at the time. Right. So he's painting a big mur- mural for the school and Frida sees him, which is 
Yeah, I think she was very keen. And she's like, I like him. Yeah. I'm going to go and uh, sit with him or something. Yeah. Uh, I think she went to chat with him, but I don't really mention that. So she met him in 1922 while she's preparing to study medicine. In 1925, she was involved in a bus accident. So it seriously injured so that she couldn't function properly anymore. And she had over 30 medical operations in her life as a result of this. Was this on her legs? Or was it? On her on legs her and her back. And she used to wear corsets and she spent a lot of time in bed after her operations. Right. But I um, I also read this thing that said that she... Like, one of the reasons why she had so many surgeries was because she was in love with, like, the idea of surgery and her surgeons. Which is a bit of a shame because this, this um, medical professional said that she didn't actually need the majority of her surgeries. Oh, yeah, I don't wow. think I mentioned that after, but if I do, pretend I've not just mentioned it. Um, <laughs> during her slow recovery after the bus accident, she taught herself how to paint and she read frequently and she was studying art of the old masters. So essentially she was bed bound. Yeah. She got a mirror and she started to paint. This was a way of expressing herself. This was herself. a time before Netflix. Yeah. Although one of her early paintings showed her in a velvet dress and it's fairly abstract, her soft modelling of her face shows her interest in realism. So the... The ideas are abstract, but the paintings look real. You know what I mean? So, like, the idea of putting a head on a deer is abstract, but it looks like her. Right. The head is real. After she recovered, um, Carlo joined the Mexican Communist Party, where she met Diego once again, and she showed him some of her work, and he encouraged her to continue to paint. In 1929, she married him, and she changed her painting style and image. She began to wear traditional Tehuana dress and alongside this she wore gold jewellery, long ruffled skirts and flowered headdresses and these became a trademark but that's like a traditional Mexican way of dressing. In the 1930s, um, she and Diego travelled to the United States as Diego was commissioned to paint some murals in several cities. During this time she endured a couple of difficult pregnancies that ended prematurely and after suffering a miscarriage, she painted some of her most harrowing work. Mm, so it's all about what she's experiencing comes out in her paintings. In 1933, the couple returned to Mexico and the home was a gathering spot for artists and political activists. She had her first solo exhibition in New York in 1938 at the Julian Levy Gallery, which was a great success. In 1939, following her exhibition, Frida travelled to Paris to show her work. I'm just giving you an overview of Frida, but she's a big topic. Yeah, yeah. So we'll come back to 1936 afterwards. Oh, okay. So she travelled to Paris and she met Surrealists and became friends with them. And they would come and visit her in Mexico and things like that. And they were also involved in Leon Trotsky's life. So it seemed a bit like the Communist Circle and the Surrealist Art Circle were mingling. Bit of a Venn diagram there. Yeah, I think so. Um, the Louvre also acquired one of her works, so she was the first 20th century Mexican artist to be included in the museum's collection. It weren't there when we went, was it? That's not where no. we, we went to see it, though. We went, we to... went to the Centre George de Pompidou, uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, by the mid-1930s, numerous extramarital affairs, n- notably that of Diego with Carlo's younger sister, <gasps> and know, Carlo huh? with several men and women had undermined their marriage and the two divorced in 1939 and that year she painted one of her most famous works called The Two Fridas and then 
1940, her and Diego reconciled. 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 Uh, and they moved into her childhood home, La Casa Azul, which is the Blue House. In 1943, she was appointed a professor of painting at La Esmeralda, the Education Ministry School of Fine Arts. She was never any better, really, from her accident. And she had, to, as I said, she was ongoing medical surgery and she was constantly on medicine. So she began to further decline in health and she frequently turned to alcohol and drugs for relief. Mm. I read one thing that said she drank like a bottle of brandy every day. It's too much. Which is a lot. Um, But nonetheless, she continued to be productive during the 1940s. She continued painting self-portraits with varying hairstyles, clothing, iconography. And she continued in the same theme that made her famous. She underwent several surgeries in the late 1940s and early 50s, often with prolonged hospital stays. Towards the end of her life, she required assistance with walking. I think she required assistance with a lot of things. Yeah. Her ill health caused her to attend a first solo exhibition in Mexico in 1953, lying on a bed. And she oh. died later that year um, at the Blue House. When was that, 1943? 1953. Oh, 1953, okay. Yeah. Um... But I read it earlier. So she died a year later, sorry, not later that year. Um, and the cause, some people thought it was a drug overdose or drinking, but it was um, documented as a pulmonary embolism. Yeah. Um, once when asked what to do with her body, she, when she died, Frida replied, burn it, I don't want to be buried. I've spent too much time lying down, just burn it. So I've included this because it's a bit of a strange thing. Yeah. On the day after her death, mourners gathered at the crematorium to witness the cremation of Mexico's greatest and most shocking painter. And she was soon to be an international icon, but she knew how to give an unforgettable goodbye. So as the cries of her admirers filled the room, the sudden blast of heat from the open incinerated doors caused her body to ball upright. Her hair was on fire from the flames and it blazed around her head like a halo and her lips seemed to break into a grin just as the doors closed. What? Which is, um, obviously I wouldn't have put that in if it weren't Terrifying. madness. <laughs> so yeah. How does it make him why, bolt Why upright? are people watching a cream be cremated anyway? I don't know, because normally they sort of do it behind, like... Yeah, but I think this one... moves off. I think this one they must have started it and then closed the doors. But I bolted don't know how it bolted upright, but I think that, you know, in Japan, there's like this delicacy where... They serve you a dead squid, but it's only recently dead. And you pour soy sauce on it and it starts dancing. Because the muscles twitch because they've still got like chemicals and stuff in them from being alive. So it looks alive and it starts moving as if it is, but it's dead. Okay. It might be like that. Okay, so you're comparing... That sort of chemical reaction. Cremated body to a dead squid. Well, they're both moving the same. Moving well, after yeah, the dead. It seems like a sort of a wind, a warm wind has blown her to start, like, move up. I don't quite understand. I don't know. That might be a rumour anyway. Yeah. But why would you watch? Like, surely... I don't, I don't know. know. I wouldn't want to see. I think it'd be too sad. Don't want to see someone burn, do you? Um, her last diary entry read, I hope the end is joyful and I hope never to return, Frida. So I think she would have enjoyed the end to frighten everyone. She doesn't like zombie films. What do you mean? She don't want to return. Oh, right, She's okay. scared about coming back as a zombie. Yeah. I think Lord. she'd be pleased with her bolting up right and frightening everyone. Maybe. 
Maybe they were frightened. Maybe they were in awe. Maybe. I'm intrigued at how all this links together into a story about 1936. It's 1936 and 1937. Okay. But I didn't just want... I tried to give you something that you might not know about Frida Kahlo. But I've had to give you a bit of background because people might not know Frida Kahlo. Might not know that she was... Um, what she was like. Or she was cremated like that. Maybe not. So, um, after her death, Rivera had the Blue House redesigned as a museum dedicated to her life. It opened... It was called the Frida Kahlo Museum. It opened to the public in 1958, which was a year after Diego's death. So he only lasted four years, three years without her. Died of a broken heart. Maybe. <laughs> Um, the diary confirmed. of Frida Kahlo, covering the years 1944 to 54, and the letters of Frida Kahlo were published in 1995. Although she achieved success as an artist in her lifetime, her posthumous reputation posthumous. posthumous reputation steadily grew from the 1970s and reached what some critics call Frida mania. Um, she's perhaps one of the best-known artists of the 21st century. 20th century. 20th century, yeah. And um, the dramatic parts of her life inspired many books and movies in the decades following her death. So, like, the the polio, the accident, the relationship with Diego, the drug and alcohol dependencies, things like that inspired the is, films. There's a film, isn't it, from the early 2000s? 2002, I think. Frida with yeah. Salma Hayek. I didn't say that right. Hayek. Hayek, yeah. Yeah, apparently it's good. I can see a Frida Kahlo book there, just noticed. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Got given it yesterday. So, that's Frida Kahlo. But, back to the Trotskys oh, arriving in 1936 slash 37. Diego was hospitalised with eye and kidney problems when the ship arrived with Trotsky and his wife on it. Um, they arrived in Tampico Harbour, Natalia Trotsky refused to disembark until she was sure she was safe and saw some familiar faces. She'd lived for years surrounded by guards and under threat by assassination from Stalin's agents, some people Stalin sends. She, so she was afraid to leave the I'm boat, rightly so. Yeah. Um, but finally, a government cutter approached carrying a welcoming party of Mexican authorities, Communist Party members, journalists and Frida Kahlo, and she was standing in for Diego, who was yeah. hospitalised. Uh, there was some debate over how political Frida really was. Uh, so the visible signs were that she was a communist. Uh, when she had to wear a plaster corset, she drew a hammer and sickle on the front, which is yeah. very bold. And when she died, a red flag was draped over a coffin. But And she joined the communist um, party, party as I said. to give it away that she was a communist. Yes. Maybe. But unlike Diego, she never joined the communist party but I've read that she did, so I'm not sure <laughs> <What>? why. <laughs> okay. Some people think she didn't. Okay. Um, and some people believe that her immersion in the political world was to have been more about personality than politics. I think they thought it was... She saw it as like a platform to meet people and things like that rather than to actually agree with the politics. But I think it's a bit of a bold... Choice. Choice. Old way to meet people. Surely yeah. other ways to meet people. I want to see which one we said she joined before. She joined... Yeah, she joined the Mexican Communist Party, but 
this article seems to think she didn't join and was just hanging around the Mexican Communist Party. Mm. So these might need to... I'm not sure which source is most reliable about there, but these might need to just check. Yeah, check your sources yourself. <laughs> I probably should. Um, so, and then many people think that she was actually celebrity hunting and as such, Trotsky was a bit of a big one. Oh, that's, that doesn't sound like very nice towards Frida. No, and also I think that if you're going to go as far as paint the communist logo on a cast that you cannot remove and everyone will see. And also she's, I don't know, isn't that quite dangerous to be Even associated with them. Yeah, helping them into the country. Yeah, and I think it's quite dangerous to even be associated with the communist party sometimes. Yeah, I don't know about in Mexico at the time. Don't know. Um, but anyway, there's debate over how political okay. she was, but she went to meet the Trotskys yeah. for Diego because he was poorly. Um, Diego himself actually said that she detested politics as well, oh, right, okay. so that's another source. But she still allowed the Trotskys to stay in her family home. The train um, that they boarded carried them to the capital and Diego met them there. Uh, there was two, an article wrote as two great men, lovers of communism, meaning Diego and Trotsky. Uh, they embraced and then all four drove to the Blue House, Frida's family home. Uh, there the Trotskys lived rent-free off and on for two years and they had the every need and want attended to by Frida, Diego Christina, Frida's sister. Younger sister. Younger sister. Uh, by friends and Trotskyite party members who would act as guards, chauffeurs, escorts and advisors. It sounds oh. like they're having an alright time. Yeah, yeah. But I also read that it wasn't that good because they're constantly looking over their shoulders. Yeah. That's... So it sounds like they're being looked after, but I think it, I wouldn't want to live that way. Oh, no. I wish that um, my house had a cool nickname. You should just give it a nickname. Can you do that? So, like, instead of being number 35, you can just be like, I'm going to change it to... Um, oh, give me a name for a house. The Bridge. Yeah, you could. So, you could have The Bridge. So, it'd be like 81, 82, 83, 84, The Bridge, 86, 87. So I'd be like, the bridge, Manchester. No, but I think you would have to have a number. Or you'd have to inform someone, but you can just have your name. That's good. I'm going to call it Matt's house. Matt's house. You call it if you want it. Manchester. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, I'm glad we said that. Yeah. Diego had the blue house turned into a fortress. Windows that faced the street were filled with adobe bricks. Mm, made on Adobe Microsoft. Yes. That's not a thing. Uh, adobe police... software. <laughs> adobe Microsoft. You went, yeah. Oh, what's it called? Adobe I'm Photoshop. trying to carry on. It's Adobe Photoshop. Or Illustrator. Yes. Or Microsoft. Police stood guard during Police the did day. What, <laughs> Police stood guard where? Outside the house. Lorna's pulling her hair out. You've only got another ten minutes of this, Lorna. Only ten more minutes of me. She's wiping her eyes. She's got tears in her eyes. She's sad, actually. Police stood guard during the day, um, and then Trotskyites stood guard at night. 
Diego even bought the property next door and connected the two buildings to provide a larger garden and a wing with a studio for Frida, as she would be the, tri- the Trotsky's chief hostess. No way to live, is it? No. While staying in the home, Trotsky received a number of guests. One guest, André Breton, was the founder of Surrealism, and he was a French writer and anti-fascist. He was so excited to meet Trotsky, and he described it as an ecstatic vision later in a meeting of communists in Paris. So he later met Paris when she, uh, <laughs> Frida in Paris when she ah. was meeting some surrealists. It didn't take long for both Frida and Trotsky to start making eyes at each other. Oh. Both were notorious for conducting extramarital love affairs. Trotsky and Frida spoke English to one another, which left Natalia guessing what they were saying as she didn't speak English. And Diego's English was deplorable, apparently. <laughs> the two couples saw a lot of each other. Frida was openly flirtatious with Trotsky, calling him love and hoping to make Diego insanely jealous in retaliation for his affair with her sister, Christina. Was she still about Christina as well? Yeah. She lives with him. Yeah, Christina was still involved till Frida died. Like, just as Frida, um, in the months before she died, she needed a lot of care and Christina was providing a lot of mm. it. Trotsky slipped love letters into books he loaned Frida. By the late spring of 1937, the two were immersed in a full-fledged love affair. They would secretly meet at Christina's house, which Diego had probably bought for her, so that's another way of revenge. And Frida nicknamed Trotsky Pochitas Little Goatee, is the translation, um, for his white beard and she also had another nickname for him is because he was 58 and she was only 29 oh that was el viejo but i don't know what that translates as i have little i could be a little goatee you could be pio cheetahs with my little beard mm-hmm. by late july the affair had fizzled out though frida had proved to herself that she could still attract men and returned as usual to doting on diego uh, the end may have also come about because Natalia and Diego discovered the affair, which could have been Frida's intention all along. Over time, Diego and Trotsky had several philosophical disagreements about communism. Diego ceased to be a Trotskyite and the two had a political fallout. Probably also ceased to be a Trotsky- Trost- <laughs> Trotskyite when Trotsky's having an affair with his wife. Yeah, so the political fallout was actually because Diego found out. Mm. I don't know if it had already ended by the time Diego found out. Um, So another account states that Diego found out about Frida and Trotsky's affair and purposely fabricated a quarrel with Trotsky. Uh, On the day of the dead, he presented him with a sugar skull with the name Stalin inscribed on its forehead. And as a result, Trotsky left Frida's house uh, Rivera left the political group set up by Trotsky's supporters and there's now a rift between the two couples. Um, oh. So, either way, if whether Diego, whether they had a political yeah. fallout and whether Diego found out about the affair and that's why it ended, yeah. either way, the two couples aren't friends. Um, the Trotskys remained in Mexico but they, they moved out of the Blue House. Frida, though, remained friends with Trotsky um, and whilst also becoming successful and renowned, she continued a friendship with Trotsky. On his 58th birthday... I thought it was already 58. I also thought it was already 58, so... Hmm. 
Not sure. Well, on his birthday, she presented him with a self-portrait. On the portrait, she had drawn the words, To Leon Trotsky, with all my affection, I dedicate this painting. 7th of November, 1937. Oh, so it's just later on that next year, isn't it? Later yeah. On that, yeah. The problem I did have is that a lot of the things didn't add up. Right. So as I have mentioned, sometimes the dates, the dates and things that have happened. So they seem like they stayed there for a few months, but then. Well, they're still in Mexico, so yeah, she yeah. still gave yeah, him yeah. a self-portrait. Frida continued to focus on her artwork, and she was dedicated to Diego. And the Trotskys continued to live in Mexico, as I said. But also, as I said, they were weary from the years of exile and danger. So even though it was nice they had all these people running around them, it's not a way to live. No. Uh, less than three years later, though, Trotsky was dead. In May 1940, an attempt to kill Trotsky by Soviet agents armed with machine guns failed. 20 gunmen entered the house Trotsky had moved to and shot 173 bullets into his walls. Trotsky told the police they ought to investigate a station wagon belonging to a well-known local painter. The person who'd led the attack was in fact a painter. He was Rivera's nemesis, David Alfaro Siqueiros. And he was a Stalinist and had just returned from the Spanish Civil War. But Rivera was immediately suspected, not Mm, him. Because they fell out. At first, yeah. Police surrounded Diego's studio. He was inside, though he knew nothing of this until he received a call from Pauline Goddard. She had been waiting a turn to sit for him, and she happened to be watching a window across the street. Oh. This is a bit of a weird part, Pauline okay. Goddard. So, Pauline Goddard was the star of Modern Times and Charlie Chaplin's then wife, and she may have been a contributing cause to Frida and Diego's divorce in 1939. She was in Mexico to be photographed for Look magazine, but she was obsessed with um, getting Diego to paint a portrait. Right. She was obsessed with it. Never heard of Pauline Goddard before. No. So she'd been told about Rivera by her good friend George Gershwin, and she'd met him and was a fan. Um, it's not known exactly when her, her affair with Diego began, but she became a crucial figure at a moment in his and Frida's life. Although Frida was jealous of the affair, she and Goddard became fast friends, which is an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, um, they're interesting lives, these people, don't they? Yeah, so she helped to smuggle Rivera out of Mexico after the first attempt on Trotsky's life. She brought food and wine to his hideout, the whereabouts only she and Frida knew, and she flew with him to California where he'd been invited to paint a mural for the Golden Gate Exposition in San Francisco. So in it, he depicted himself, Goddard, Frieda and Charlie Chaplin in scenes from The Great Dictator. He referred to the piece as Pan-American Unity. Just another note about seen, Diego I've is that, that. Sorry. his paintings were often quite political and in the end, people in America ended up not liking them. Yeah. And he'd get it's really controversial and sometimes I think he'd be told, no, we can't have that after I think I've read about that, actually. About like him drawing like, communist um, murals and then... Yeah, and he'd always put, like, people in it that were famous and stuff. It's just like, his murals are essentially a big gathering of people. Yeah. What do you think about them? They're fine. Not not your thing. I just, I don't think we really have murals anymore anyway. There's no face on a deer, is it? No, I'm sorry. No. So. Free deer, Carlo. Thanks. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Rivera told the American press that Pauline had saved his life. So she's ensured that he's been got out of Mexico after he's been accused. 
Frida was left alone in Mexico and though she was divorced from Diego, she'd been charged with packing up and hiding his treasures and she wrote to him as soon as he arrived in America and she said, even if they try to kill me, I won't let them steal your things. And then I think she also said some bad things about Pauline, even though she quite liked her. Um, So Frida's also been a bit in trouble here due to Diego being a suspect. Mm. So that was in May. 1940. In August, on the 20th of August specifically, an assassin called Ramon Mercader got into Trotsky's household through a love affair with a secretary and he acted on Stalin's orders and stabbed Trotsky with an ice pick. He fatally wounded him and Trotsky died the next day. I never knew that anyone actually did that. Stabbing someone with an ice pick because it's one of those things where like it'll melt so it'll get rid of the evidence. I always thought that wasn't like an actual thing people did. But apparently it is. I didn't realise an ice pick was made from ice. Oh, you mean an ice pick. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know what you were on about. (laughs) Oh, that makes a lot more sense. An ice pick, not an ice pick. Not like a knife made out of ice. It's a thing you would take if you're climbing a mountain to yeah. hook yourself in makes I a think lot, that's an ice that pick that makes a lot more sense right. <laughs> not sure which of us is right there but I feel like I you I guess we'll maybe. see um, so he was killed by a man called Ramon Frida had actually met the assassin once in Paris and she invited him to a house the blue house one account said that Diego actually invited him and she wrote him a letter saying I can't believe you invited this guy to my house and he's oh. a murderer. Um, but another account said she invited him. So right. I'm not sure. Mm. So um, she knew he was an assassin? No, no. She'd previously invited... He'd previously know, been to their did house. He, why did she say to Diego then, why did you invite him if he kills people? No, I think she was like, I can't believe you invited this guy to our house and then he killed Trotsky and now oh, we're all no. in trouble. Oh, she's writing to him now. Yeah, right, after Trotsky died. Right, no, okay. no. Confusing. Um, so, because she already had this association with Ramon, she was under suspicion. Both Frida and her sister were sub, uh, suspects for the assassination. She called Diego in San Francisco and she called him stupid. She said, it's your fault they killed him. Why did you bring him? Um, and it's also reported that it was Diego who actually invited the guy to so dine at why, the house. That's why she's saying, why did you bring him? Yeah, I think so, but... Okay. Um... But that also might be why did you bring Diego? Uh, why did you bring Trotsky? Oh, Trotsky. But it, don't I know. wouldn't send that letter because it seems like you're. I don't well, know. You're plopping him in it, aren't you? Also yeah. I was dropping him in it. So she's under suspicion. She was picked up by the Mexican police and interrogated for 12 hours by 37 policemen. And she was released two days later without charge. Her house was ransacked and they took drawings, paintings, furniture, clothes. She later said that she'd known they would come and she threw all the political papers into the cellar of the big house under the kitchen to protect herself. Oh, that's um, so that that was essentially the end of her being under suspicion, but that's um that's one of the little known facts about Frida Kahlo that she was actually arrested for Trotsky's murder. Oh, 37 policemen's too many as well, isn't that's it? That's loads. Uh, Ramon Mercado, the assassin, was sent to prison for 20 years when he was released in 1960, so obviously he served... Not that long, because... Oh, he did. Served 20 years. Yeah, yeah. sorry. He travelled to Prague and then on to Russia. And when he reached Russia, he was made a hero of the Soviet Union. Wow. 
Otto. It's an interesting story. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. So that's how he died. That's a fascinating tale about Trotsky, Carlo. Yes, there was loads of tangents, but it provides you a bit of background information. Where did you come across that? Why did you come across that? Um, it was on the little known facts about Frida Kahlo. Oh. But I, I read a book, so I already knew that she'd had an affair with Leon Trotsky. But you didn't know that she got arrested? And no, I didn't know that she was arrested for his murder. For his murder. Ah. Interesting. Good report to end on. Thank you very much. I'm glad you did uh, Frida Kahlo. And I'm glad you did it a bit different than... Uh, still got a life story, but you also got a bit... Something you wouldn't know. Yep, bit more. So, thank you everyone for listening to yeah, Idiots thank Talk you. History for the last 80 episodes, the last year and a bit. Year and a half. Year and a lot. Year and a lot. Yeah, about a year and a half. Well, over a year and a half because we've done 80 episodes, so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 2017 to 2019. RIP. Mm. Idiot Talk History. You can still find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram for now uh, at Idiots Talk History. Find us on Twitter at Idiot History Pod and on the Gmail if you want to send us final email at Idiot History Pod at Gmail dot com. I'm not going to miss having to say all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, please do um, listen back to all of our previous episodes and subscribe to our new podcast on the move find on all good podcast apps um also yeah give us a review of of both podcasts if possible tell a friend about them we'd love for idiots talk history to keep growing um while we're away maybe we'll come back to it in the future um so thank you all for listening and we will speak to you on on the move yes Bye. Bye. No tears.